You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, May 25th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow all of my... uh, my 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 goonings, my my silliness over on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres for all the Padres, it's, you know, exclusive content. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Except for yesterday. I had one tweet yesterday. Uh, but you guys can also, if you can see, uh, if you want to see, I should say, my, my ugly looking mug, check me out on the old YouTube, Lockdown Padres, and thank you for making this podcast your first listen every day. Try to just, you know, maybe listen to two episodes a month. I'd really appreciate that. Add that to your rotation, my Fire Faithful homies. I'd really appreciate that. In today's episode, guys, we are talking about the first two games of this old Brewers series. And I was talking with my man, Dominic Cotronio, right? I almost messed up the damn name again. I'm sorry, Dom. Um, Talked about it on yesterday's podcast and, you know, just broke down the series and whatnot. I hate the Brewers right now. He's somewhat, you know, he gave some really great retorts, so please go listen to that episode. But I still kind of got some hatred for the Brewers right now. Not as much as those Dodgers. I, I mean, let, let's be clear. I'm not trying to fool anybody. I'm not trying to go, get that far off the deep end. But uh, I really do not like the Brewers right now. And I want to talk about the first two games. What I saw, if anything, they were kind of... What's, what's so funny about this series is unlike these series against, say, Philadelphia, and even San Francisco to an extent... Games have kind of gone exactly how I have expected so far um, for a variety of reasons, and let's get into them. Let's first talk about the bad, guys. Let's first talk about the Padres finally dropping a game. They had a five-game winning streak going, of course, after winning, what was it, the last game in the Philadelphia series, and then they swept the Giants, and then they beat the Brewers on Monday, which we'll talk about too, don't worry, but let's get the the bad out of the way first. The Padres lost to the Brewers 4-1, to and it was about as boring a game as kind of, if you're a Padres fan, as you would expect, right? In this game for the, the Brewers, it was Corbin Burns, right? And after getting the W the night before, I would have headed into this game being like, you know what? They were kind of due for a little bit of a stinker. They only put up one run, and it's in the first inning after getting men on base, but unfortunately... Jerkson Profar, I mean, yes, it's an RBI, but it was a double play ball. Uh, that's the only way that the Padres end up scoring. Uh, the only really nice thing to mention about the Padres' offense here is Machado, two for four with two singles. That was kind of cool. Uh, but otherwise, just no extra base hits. Three strikeouts from Trent Grisham. <sighs> Man. If Jeff Snyder was here, he was actually just here before I started recording in this, in this whole recording studio of mine, this restream studio. You know, he'd be cackling like the villain he is because some longtime listeners might remember that I was very uh, bullish on Trent Grisham. I I called him. In fairness, it was bold predictions. That's all I'm gonna say to defend myself. Okay, it was bold predictions, and I said top ten MVP voting. Maybe I think I said after the fact, top fifteen, top ten MVP voting season coming up for Trent Grisham. <laughs> Look, it was bold predictions. I didn't want to say something like Tatis will lead the league in home runs. I mean. Yeah. I tried. I tried to be different. And that absolutely, what's funny is it actually looked really good for the first half of the season. Ever since then, 
Um, in this game, he also grounds into a double play. So three strikeouts, grounds into a double play, the only time the Padres really got any traction, which was in the bottom of the eighth inning after Machado reached on a throwing error. Jerkson Profar, oh, hold on. Was it that one? No, I'm sorry. I apologize. It was it was the bottom of the seventh inning in which Luke Voigt came in to pinch hit. He got a single. Hassan Kim got a single. And then Trent Grisham had the double play. And then Nola grounded out as well. Just uh, a terrible, miserable game from, from our guy Trent Grisham. Three strikeouts and grounded to double play. I'm telling you, with the exception of Cody Bellinger, and even Cody Bellinger, at least he's shown that some of the power could be back, maybe. There's been some excitement with him, even though he does strike a little out a little bit too much. Um, with Trent Grisham, I just don't see it. I don't see he doesn't get multi-hit games all that often. He doesn't walk enough. I mean, he walks, but he doesn't walk enough to offset the fact that he can't you know, make contact. He reminds me, it's like he took less than swinging from Tommy Pham. He swings through so many pitches that he should be hitting. And it's rough to see, and there's just not a lot of power there. The mean side of me wants to say that he looks like he's... Joey Gallo, except without the power, you know, pretty good defender and walks a lot, strikes out a lot, except that he just has no power, right? And it's a really concerning development with the Padres. So that's the only kind of in general mean thing I'll say about last night for the team. Otherwise, they were due. Corbin Burns is very, very good. Reigning NL Cy Young winner, obviously, for those unfamiliar. Uh, in this game, also, I should probably talk about Blake Snell. I, forgot, I almost forgot about Blake Snell for a second. In this game, he goes five and a third's innings, giving up three earned runs, which came after Craig Stammen gave up a home run, uh, actually. So technically not all, you know, Blake Snell's, but his pitch count was through the roof. He was already at, sitting at 100 pitches after he allowed another man on base. So it kind of made sense. They took him out. Tyrone Taylor three-run home run to allow Yelich and Luis Urias, old friend, to score. So three earned runs, but... You know, for the most part, Snell didn't make that many bad pitches. Only three hits on the night. He walked two, struck out seven. Uh, over again, as an inefficient Blake Snell outing, we can kind of be used to that sometimes. But you know, he only made really one bad pitch, and that was to Mike Brousseau. Is that his name? Mike Brousseau, uh, who hit a home run exit velocity of one hundred and four point one miles per hour, and ex- an, uh, an expected batting average of six sixty. So it wasn't like the most guaranteed bomb I've ever seen in the world, but he did yeet it uh, pretty high. Uh, it was it was gone in, in a second, you know what I'm saying? So with Brousseau, that was basically the only major kind of mistake, to be honest with you, that was made uh, by Blake Snell in this game. I thought he looked pretty dang good. Um, you know, if you just want to go by whiffs, Blake Snell, not too bad. 15 whiffs today. He also, which I think is a key thing, used a lot more of the four-seam fastball and slider combo, almost exclusively. Uh, 55 uh, four-seam fastballs and 35 sliders. That's a mix of 53 to 34%. And honestly, I thought it looked pretty effective. And remember, the key thing here is that last year, Blake Snell really turned things around when he started moving away from his curveball and his changeup, right? Not that you don't want to have those pitches, right? But when it literally seems to be working, I don't, you know, it, it's a lot more complicated than that, though, because maybe hitters were just so used to the curveball, and all of a sudden they saw more sliders and they saw more fastballs. Like, it's not that easy of a fix. You know, I like it when pitchers have three pitches. That's just that's just a thing, right? But I will say, uh, I do like that, though. I like the development that he literally pitched better in this game against the Brewers, which is a pretty good team, even if their offense isn't great. Uh, you know, second game coming off the IL 
And I thought it was solid. I was encouraged by what I saw, the fact that he went back to that fastball slider combo. And hopefully, maybe if he mixes, if he wants to over time, but if it's not working, I mean, last year, August, he was the best strikeout rate pitcher in baseball. He was awesome. He had that one game against the Dodgers that I can't get out of my head. So still a wait and see with him. It's still just his second start. As inefficient as ever, but sometimes he can be really good. So we'll see how it pans out. And we need we need it to pan out. Because the Padres owe Blake Snell a little bit more money heading into next year. It takes about a $4 million jump, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't have spot track in front of me in terms of his salary for next season. Uh, Blake Snell, that is. So we'll see. And hey, if anyone can get the best out of Blake Snell, it's Ruben Niebla. So can root for that. But guys, before we continue on and talk a little bit more positively, dare I say, uh, maybe get in a couple other things about Grisham there. Um, let me just talk to you really quickly about some stuff. All right. I actually forgot, you know, the other day I was sitting there in my old kitchen and I was thinking to myself, you know what I really wish I had right now? You know what I wish I had more than anything else? Not just like a purpose. I often am wondering if I have a purpose, you know, I often wonder that I often wonder what is, why are we here? These are questions I ask myself, but one of the questions I ask myself all the time, almost routinely is where can I get my hands on? You know what I'm going to say. You know what I'm going to say, guys. You know it's coming. Built Bars, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, everybody. I've been talking about these things for the longest time imaginable. They are fantastic. And they have their new brownie batter puffs uh, that just came in. They're really good. You know, if you ever wanted brownie batter but without the calories and whatnot, they got you covered with 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar. Brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I love. And they've got all sorts of flavors of other things, not just their puff flavors and what have you. Uh, they got you covered, man. And that's what I love about them. Great variety. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And as always, guys, thank you once again for making Lockdown Padres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including the old YouTube. And if you're on YouTube, you might see uh, I'm rocking my uh, my shirt again. Nobody left me any comments saying what shirt you thought it was from. Uh, that, that hurt my feelings a little bit. Uh, for those wondering, it is from The Last of Us, which is the best game ever made. But anyway, uh, another peek behind the hood, I will say. I don't know if you guys could tell there, <laughs> reading about Built Bar, I 100% forgot what ads I was going to be doing today. You know, who were the sponsors for today? So I had to kind of, you know, stretch it out a little bit before I could pull that up uh, on my own. Um, why am I revealing this to you, listeners? Don't know. That's just trying to make a personal connection here, I suppose. But anyway, guys, let's keep talking now about the Padres. Let's keep talking about baseball. Let's talk about, firstly, it should be mentioned that, um, you know, tomorrow or today, I should say, it's expected to be, I believe it's going to be Aaron Ashby for the Brewers, as Dominic mentioned, and then you Darvish. So that should be interesting. Darvish has actually been a little bit better lately. I do like a 3.9 ERA. He's been walking not as many batters as he did at the beginning of the season. Strikeout rate isn't necessarily through the roof, but he has been giving innings, which I do like about Darvish. So hopefully he can have a really good start against this Brewers team that isn't necessarily the most intimidating in the world when it comes to offense. So hopefully that can happen. Otherwise, I guess we lose the series. It's been a while since we lost the series, though. So I wouldn't be the most upset. But anyway, let's talk about Monday's game, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Let's get positive here and happy. All right. 
Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. In this game, we get Mr. Nick Martinez pitching as the starter for the Padres. And boy, did our guy labor in this one, man. Nick Martinez. I gave him so much crap when it was originally announced, the signing. And then over time, I adapted and I said, you know what? I still would have rather had my guys. You guys know my golden three. I would have rather had Alex Cobb. Would have rather had Alex Wood. Would have rather had uh, Tyler Johnson. Those are my guys. And I think two out of the three. And Andrew Heaney was another one that I think I wanted. I think three out of four of those I might have been right about. Alex Wood. Uh, all right. I'll take the L on that one. But And Alex Cobb, for anybody wondering, his you guys should look this up. He has like an ERA of 6.9 right now. But his FIP is like t- in the twos which suggests that he's been one of the most unlucky pitchers in baseball. Uh, that doesn't mean he's going to be great, but he's been very, very unlucky. So anyway, that's just a side tangent. Um, on Monday's game, which I'm trying to pull up here really quickly just to get the full kind of breakdown of, um, Martinez has been getting a little bit of slander that I don't appreciate from Padres fans. And again, this could just be, you know, uh, Twitter. Right, this could be just the Twitter sphere and whatnot, but my vibe and the reason that I changed my tune about Nick Martinez was he's the back end of the rotation guy. And when you compare that to past years, Padres rotations, right? I mean, I I don't have them in front of me, but this is a team that was starting, you know, Joey Lucchese. Let's just go back to 2020. Joey Lucchese in some games. That wasn't very fun. Right? Joey Lucchese was not very good for the Padres. That's just one example. And now this guy has been performing like a a borderline four or three. And I think the big thing with him is that his changeup has been lethal this year. If you look at run value, it's one of the most effective uh, pitches um, in the the entire staff. That's right, Musgrove and Mackenzie Gore included. In the entire staff, right? His changeup is lethal. Gets a lot of whiffs on it. He's, He's pretty great. Or not a crap ton of whiffs, but he's been great. And in this game... You know, not the most impressive game in the world when you look at just the raw uh, kind of numbers. Five innings, two earned runs on five hits, three walks, and five Ks. He also throws 106 pitches. Not the best in the world, but keep in mind, and I, I do put value into this, is that all these runs were kind of scored pretty early um, for the, what's it called? Uh, for the Brewers. In the top of the second with a Tyrone Taylor, who apparently is the new Padres killer, uh, hits a double. And allows McCutcheon and Hunter Renfro to score. Otherwise, and then he maintained it. And what I think was big is that his pitch count got up there. Uh, for sure. He threw 106 pitches, if I'm not mistaken here. I, wow, that was more than I thought. I thought it was 102. But anyway, uh, 106 pitches here. And that's that's a lot. But he labored. He has a fire to him that I really appreciate. He worked out of a jam. I, 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 I like the guy. I think that he's pretty solid. Now... What I would like to see is if he be, could become even better in the bullpen because the Padres' bullpen has been you know, kind of a mess, as we talked about earlier with Craig Stammen giving up that three-run home run, right? I know it's charged to Blake Snell, but bottom line is that was unfortunate. Um, Nabil Krismat in this game, he comes in. Tim Hill comes in this game. Robert Suarez comes in. He was great. Two strikeouts, no hits, no walks. That was awesome. And, you know, it's just Nick Martinez, leave the guy alone. It can be lethal sometimes. Changeup is really good, and... He's a three or fourth, fifth starter, you know? Like, I just, I don't know. He, he's really changed my mind, my mind on him. I think he's pretty good. But anyway, uh, in this game, of course, that's not really the big highlight. The big highlight in this game, aside from just the Padres scoring on the most, 
you know, classic small ball type of stuff with Alfaro hitting a ground out uh, in the bottom of the fifth inning. And Trent Grisham, who I was just dogging earlier, uh, having an infield squeeze butt attempt that allowed Will Myers to score him in his speed. Will Myers, by the way, batting like in the 400s, uh, basically almost ever since he's come back. Like he's been really good. It was just bat to ball. And I test wise, just making contact looks a little bit better than last year. I will say that much. He's not necessarily hitting for power, but he's been getting a good bat on the ball, which I do appreciate. Um, hopefully he can draw some more walks. They definitely need that from him because his walk rate has uh, not been the best. He's currently batting 250 on the year with a 290 on base, so he does need to walk more. I'd very much appreciate that. 32 Ks to seven walks. As far as I'm concerned, that is pretty bad. Uh, so that's not great. But I will say with just getting the bat on the ball, much better than what I'm used to for Will Myers. He Last year, his, his hard hit stuff was in the tank. You know what I'm saying? He was really bad last year in that, but he's been okay in this game. He goes one for four with an intentional walk as well. Um, so not too bad here. Machado has the rare, not great game. He has a walk in this game, but he goes 0 for four with a run scored. Two opportunities for Manny in this game uh, to kind of blow it open, right? He, does, he is not able to do that with the bases loaded. And at the end of the game, or I should say, what was it, in the bottom of the ninth, Manny Machado strikes out against Devin Williams, hoping that the Padres can kind of, you know, get back to it and win the game before we go into extras. That does not happen. But do not do not fear, ladies and gentlemen, because for once, we had something happen. It was Luis Garcia. He comes into the game with that, that, that uh, zombie runner on second. And what does he do? Oh, man. It's a nightmare. All right? Luis Urias. Former Padre, he singles, and then Christian Yelich walks. Bases loaded with nobody out. Unreal, right? But then Andrew McCutcheon, oh yes, the guy that Dominic was peddling on our podcast the other day. He was saying, oh, this guy, man, he's it was a great trade. He's a great bat. He's got a little bit of hint of pop in his step. You know, he's still got something left. It's just a, a nice little upgrade for the Brewers. What happens here? Hits a, uh, a, what's it called? The chopper back to the pitcher. They throw it to home plate, and then they throw it to first. That's a double play. And then they get Rowdy Tellez to ground out. Another player. Another player that you probably could have gotten something better than. Freddie Freeman? I don't know, man. I don't know. You probably could have done something else. Hold on one second. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm hearing that um, the Giants... And Mets game. As at the time that I'm recording this, the Giants were up 8-2. Then the Mets came back because of my boy Lindor. He had some home runs and stuff. You guys know I love him. Leave me alone. Uh, but it looks like, unfortunately, the Met, it's, it's actually 12-11 at the time that I'm currently reading this. But Jack Peterson is up with two outs versus Edwin Diaz. So hopefully the Mets can win this. Not just because I got some love for the Mets, but because I'd like if the Giants kept losing. Jack Peterson is up, though, with the ability to potentially tie the game. And he has three home runs already. So... If I freak out during the rest of this recording, this is why. Um, and then our boy Taylor Rogers comes on and gets a save. Got a little bit scary for a second, allowing a hit. But otherwise, he was great. Love this win for the Padres. Or hold on a second. I'm I'm so sorry. I got so confused for a second. I'm really I apologize for that, guys. I was looking at a different game. Uh, we have the walk off. Obviously, what am I talking about? By Jose Azokar. Love it. Love it, love it. Everybody go check out that piece in The Athletic from Dennis Lynn that he did about how, like just this kid's journey up to this point. Uh, just really incredible stuff. Um, I, I just love stories like that. As you mentioned, uh, last year, it was his ninth year in the minors. He logged daily overtime in the batting coverage, batting coverage, batting cage, 
gets his big league walk off. That was so much fun in the dugout. Seeing, uh, you know, them taking the little picture with the cameras with with Musgrove and all them, it was a blast. I love that stuff. I like the camera thing. I think it's so much fun. I love seeing the pictures of all of them, and the Padres needed that, right? And you needed that against a team that one I don't like, and two a type of team that's not going to give up a lot of runs. So you're going to have to have clutch situational hitting against teams like this because it's not like you can expect your Woodruffs, Woodruff this year, but your Corbin Burns and your Lowers and your even your Ashbys and and all these sort of guys and Freddie Peraltas that they'll get lit up every time, right? So uh, love that for the Padres. And Azokar, I want to talk about him in just a little bit. I want to talk about him just a little bit, guys. But before we get into that, let me just talk to you very quickly about something very important. And that's betting. All right. Anyone in their right mind should have known. I told you before the season, Manny Machado was the MVP guy. His odds were way too low. I told you, man. I told you you should do it. I told you. You know, you know who kind of let me know that the odds are too low? Bet Online, which continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. Don't touch that dial. You know what you're listening to. You're listening to Lockdown Padres. I'm rocking my Last of Us shirt, little palm trees. Hopefully you've enjoyed what you've been listening to so far, but we keep it going. And let's see here. Did the the Giants walk it off or did the Mets just win? The Mets, nope, nope. Hold on, let me see. The Mets, oh, they lost it. No way. Did Jack Peterson do it? Did Jack Peterson, this son of a gun, do it? He had a single which allowed Mr. Stremski to score, and then Brandon Crawford uh, had a single. My other Puerto Rican boy, Edwin Diaz, with a blown save. Damn. 13 to 12, crazy game. Shout out my boy Lindor, though. Two for four, six RBIs, home run, triple. Love that man. Anyway, let's talk about Padres. And the one that I was talking about was Jose Azokar. And someone was interacting with me on Twitter. Let me actually make sure I get your at really quickly, buddy. Uh, was saying, you know, at this rate, can Grisham even stay in the lineup, kind of? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's a fair point. Um, let's see here. Um, let me see if I could find your username. I want to make sure I give you credit, my guy. Um, yeah, Padres217. I'm assuming you're a Padres fan. <laughs> uh, Padres217, I don't know how much longer they could keep him in the lineup. And it's true. I mean, since basically forever, this is a treat from Kyle Glazer, actually, over at um, Baseball America. Trent Christian posted an 808 OPS during the shortened 2020 season for the Padres. Since then, he was he is batting, um, hold on. Since then, he was batting 230. That was worded a little bit weirdly. Since then, he was batting 223, 312, 378, entering tonight. Batting average, on base, slugging. He since struck out twice and grounded into a rally, killing double play. That was before he struck out for the third time, of course. Um, yeah. And another thing is, in 2020, also to keep in mind there, is he was a gold lover. And the Padres had not had, it feels like, in a long time. You know, I, they had Justin Upton, who I think actually... His season with the Padres is actually a little bit underrated. I actually thought he was a pretty good player, um, even if he's 
wasn't necessarily having a lot of moments. You know what I mean? It's not like he had these walk-off galore and he had the swagger. He was a solid player, I think, for the Padres. But, you know, was he worth everything you were kind of hoping for? You don't make a trade for that type of player when you're still in rebuild mode. You know what I mean? Like, he's not the type of guy that will carry your team. Just a solid player. Um, but I thought he was pretty good with the Padres. But anyway, <laughs> enough of Justin Upton, who just signed with the Mariners because the Mariners are struggling for outfield death, I guess, just like us. With Grisham... Um, who I've been hating on a lot, who I've been hating on a lot, partially because I am a petty, just dotty punk fool who loves taking any negative comment and turning it into motivation, which I got when I talked about Grisham about a month ago from some people, uh, and saying that, you know, locked on folk that they're, that they hate their team and all this stuff, right, 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 that I use it as motivation, but with Grisham, yeah, Azokar is, I mean, let's just look at the, the numbers so far. Just from a, from afar, for the Padres right now. Uh, let me make sure I just get them right. Um, Jose Azokar has not necessarily been the best bat in the world, you know? But he's certainly been better than Trent Grisham. In 29 games this year, in 44 at-bats, he's got a 250 batting average, 320 on base, very bad slugging. That is one bad thing about Mr. Jose Azokar. does not have a lot of power. Um, it reminds me a little bit of when we had Tucapita Marcano, right? When he was back on the Padres, who has been doing some stuff for some other teams lately ever since they traded him, but he was just an all hits and some speed kind of utility guy. It's not like Jose Azokar, I think, has the most upside in the world. But in terms of just that, 250, 320 on base, it's not bad, right? He's not necessarily going to hit for a lot of power. He only has one extra base hit on the year, just a double. But five walks to 15 Ks, he does have two steals, which is nice, but. He's if he can be good defensively, then yeah, there might actually come a point. And Grisham has had some days off every now and then, more than what I think we're used to, especially over the past season and a half. If Grisham continues to struggle, if he keeps having games like he has yesterday, if he doesn't cut down on his strikeout rate, which is just, uh, I think that's the most depressing part. To be honest with you, um, I think that's the most depressing part, which is. I think we always knew he would strike out a decent amount, but he had such a good, you know, ability to see pitches that that was kind of why I was excited about him heading into 2020, right? I was like, this guy can really, you know, he has a good ability to see the plate. If you still look at baseball savant, he doesn't chase pitches. That's not his issue, right? And he can still draw walks, but when it comes to actually making the good contact, he's terrible. And he whiffs through a lot of pitches too. It reminds me of Tommy Pham. It feels like the almost the exact same thing. It really does, right? He's this type of guy that, like, yeah, he sees all the pitches. He's not going to swing at some stuff that Will Myers swings at, right? These outside sinker sucker balls, as my dad would call them. But every time he does get a pitch to hit, especially inside stuff, just swings right through it. Or it's weak contact like we had in last night's game for the double play. And it's just these little choppers that he runs out or whatever, and they're just it's not that good. And it's not like his defense is once in a generation where he can give you one and a half, two war simply from his defense, that type of thing. You know what I mean? That's not what he's been so far. And I'm not seeing anything to suggest that he's going to be better. This isn't a BABIP guy. This is not a guy who's had terrible batting average on balls in play, like a Jesse Winker or a Julio Rodriguez, who I bring up a lot because they're one of them's on my fantasy team. Sorry. With this, I'm wondering, yeah, with Azokar hitting the way he is, with that walk-off, I am wondering, what's going to happen with Trent Grisham? 
I mean, the Padres must be thinking right now, aside, forget the, the fact that the Eric Lauer and Luis Arias trade is clearly an L, right? Just, I wonder what they're thinking because it's not like this guy became a, you know, let's say what Hassan Kim has been at the plate, right? Like a 110 WRC plus guy, you know, pretty good above average bat. Not great. He's okay, right? He'll have his moments. He might hit for a hint of power, but he's got speed. I'll just give you, here's a better comparison. Will Myers. Can he have the offensive output that Will Myers has, at least traditionally over the past few years, right? Can he do that? And what we've seen so far is absolutely he can't even do that. That's the problem. So Jose Azokar might get some more reps there. I am hoping for Lord Almighty, just please AJ Preller, because I'm already annoyed with my man. <laughs> I'm already man. I've been annoyed with some decisions here. Do not, for the love of God, call up Robert Hassel. Robert Hassel is rising through the ranks. I had my guy Arm Layton over of Just Baseball, great website, uh, come on the show a few weeks ago talking about how Robert Hassel is in the Just Baseball's top 100, but not just the top 100. They have him in the top like 26, and they think he's going to rise as time goes along. That's that's a golden egg. That's a true lottery ticket. I don't even want to say lottery ticket, like a, a real, real asset that the Padres have that could be better in the future, depending on, let's say, you know, how does free agency strike out? Maybe who do they end up trading for, right? Are they going to try and trade for a decent power bet, right? Or just a guy who can be a decent outfielder? Are they going to try and find those kind of guys lurking wherever they may be? I don't know exactly who. It could be maybe Robbie Grossman. I talked about him last year. That could be a decent guy. I haven't looked at his numbers this year in fairness, so maybe he's regressed. But that guy doesn't swing at a lot of outside pitches, so maybe he could just be okay, right? That could be a move, potentially. Um and until Hassel comes up, the outfield is going to be a problem for the Padres. Um, Will Myers' contract is expiring after this year. We'll have to see what the replacement is. But that's that's how I would be looking at it. And I'd be worried that they – I don't think they would call up Robert Hassel. Please do not do that. Just don't rush a guy yet again. We saw what happened with C.J. Abrams. C.J. Abrams is also struggling currently in AAA. He had that, like, first game where he hit two home runs in his, like, first game in AAA. Uh, in the same game, but ever since then, batting below 200, bad on base percentage. So please, like, do not rush these guys. Abrams was 21 years old. I don't know what the heck he was doing up at the majors. To be honest with you, looking back, just play Kim every day. He's good, or good enough until El Nino comes back. With Luis Campizano, I've been very vocal about not understanding why this guy does not get consistent at bats. I do not understand. I think maybe it's a makeup thing. Maybe he doesn't look the part for a catcher, which I also don't understand because that's okay. He could just play DH, right? Like that's that's what I haven't understood. Is you're all right. You're Simon Robinson Cano. Like, okay, I get it. It's a nice locker room thing potentially, right? But everything else about him is bad. And with Campizano, you bring him up there, and some people have actually tweeted at me saying like, "Well, he hasn't been good, and the opportunity's been given." I'm like, okay, get four games. I don't care if he's 0 for 12. Who cares? Some of y'all were willing to say Trinkersham only had a bad year last year. Campisano's like a young guy, and he made good contact on some of them. Not necessarily a lot of barrels or anything like that, but he was hitting the ball. It's just, you know, he needs to be a little bit more patient. He's probably trying to do a little bit too much. Give him some time. And if you really can look at me and say, I think that definitively you know for a fact that Austin Nola and Jorge Alfaro are better bats than Luis Campuzano. You know it for sure. Not like, I'm not saying I know for sure that Campuzano is going to be better. 
But Nola has been terrible. The guy is, he makes contact, but it doesn't go anywhere. And then Alfaro, he does make contact, or he does get hits, but he also will swing at pitches that are close to where I am in New Jersey than to things that are on the plate. So he can be frustrating, right? And he just refuses to take a walk. Refuses. He had a bat. (laughs) He had a bat in Monday's game, guys. I mean, that ball almost hit him. But it was three swings at all pitches outside of the plate. Jorge Alfaro is not very good, and we know what these guys are. More than I think we know we're getting from Luis Campuzano. So that's what I'm pleading for. Please, Padres, give the lad a chance. Just give him a chance, man. He can work wonders. Or at least be potentially pretty good as a DH. Don't even have him think about the catching stuff. Right? He doesn't even have to think about that. Just give him a little bit of, you know, kind of a relief in that respect. But they're not doing it right now. So the Padres, it was a rough a rough little bit of a loss, but they've been playing well. But I do have my concerns about the team. I do have my concerns about the depth. Some of the offense has slowed down. Jake Cronenworth is worrying me a little bit. I'm hoping that he can get better. You know, but, and then, you know, the Padres' first baseman, who I haven't talked about somehow, for once, I did an episode not talking about him. He's been slowing down a lot, made an error in last night's game, too, the classic ground ball gremlin error. Uh, like, a lot of guys are slowing down. The only one that's not slowing down is Manny Machado. And you're getting little contributions every everywhere else now and then. Even Voight got a hit yesterday. But it's, you need more, right, until Tatis comes back. Hopefully he can come back soon. But until then, you're asking a lot out of Manny Machado. He's batting like 380 or whatever the heck right now. But eventually the batting average on balls in play is going to catch up with him and the batting average will go down a little bit. Hopefully it's not a crash down to earth. Hopefully he's really going to be one of those guys that hits like 320 this year. That'd be awesome. But you also have to remind it's not like Machado is Ichiro Suzuki and he's going to beat out every single grounder. You know what I mean? That's what That's why batting average on balls in play can be occasionally a little bit weird, right? And with the, all the ground balls, where if you're fast, then, yeah, you can beat out some of those hits, which is great. I, I love players like that. But this is this is the situation. They, they need a little bit more reliable offense. So I'm worried. I love the starting pitching, not concerned there. But this isn't set home. You all remember what happened last year. So got to be careful. And, man, Trent Christian's depressing. God. I just want all he had to be. I just want average. I wanted more from him, but if he could just be average, that'd be great. But I'm afraid he is a fourth or fifth outfielder, right? And that's crazy to say after what we saw in 2020. But it looks like the league might have figured him out. Stinks, absolutely stinks. But anyway, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves for tomorrow's episode. Assuming I can get, I mean, I haven't shaved because I do this thing where when I'm in a writer's block and I can't get myself to write, that I just don't shave my my damn mustache. Uh, hopefully I can write up for Just Baseball my thoughts on Joe Musgrove, a potential extension, and then that will also be, hopefully, the episode for tomorrow, as well as recapping whatever happens in today's game. So that should be fun. But uh, like I said, having a little bit of trouble. Having a little bit of trouble. And the last thing I want to say... Um, you know, there was some stuff that happened yesterday for those, I imagine everybody's been on the news, the the shooting um, that occurred in Texas. I just want to say I hope everybody is, you know, uh, hug your loved ones and whatnot. I think anyone who's listened to this podcast follows me on Twitter. They know my political leading, so I'm not going to get into that. I will say that I am 
and hopefully no one gets mad at me. It wouldn't, I'm not going to be like losing sleep if people get mad at me, but hopefully no one gets mad at me just saying, I am a little bit sad about what, how everyone, how do I put this? This shouldn't be a political thing in my opinion. You know what I mean? There are certain issues that I feel shouldn't be just, well, stop talking politics. You know what I mean? This isn't NATO. This isn't the trade deficit. This isn't big government, small government. To me, anyway. To me. There are some things that happen that I'm like, I just, I hate that we just get mad sometimes. And we say, oh, that's politics. Keep politics out of everything. I just feel like it's, it's just really sad. So I'm going to end it there. I'm going to say, everybody, please hold tight. And everybody, please, uh, you know, um, I got nothing. I got nothing. I really don't have anything. But anyway, until next time, guys, look forward to the Joe Musgrove talk. That should be a lot of fun. And hopefully we can kick the Pirates' ass this weekend when Joe Musgrove pitches. Uh, until next time, stay safe. And, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.